Good evening. Today is Tuesday, April 26, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is the speaker's choice from the preface, forwards, or stories, and our speaker tonight is Tanya G. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Christina, and thank you, everyone, and thank you, Sherry, for asking me to share. And um, I'm Tanya G, um, spell it T-O-N-I-A, <laughs> um, from Louisiana, and i grateful to be in recovery and abstinent so much, and so grateful for, um, and feel nervous, so I'm just going to take a quiet moment to ask God in, and, um, and to um, be that you know, hollow bone and ask God to speak through my voice. And for any newcomers, I hope that you hear something with um, that you that can help you get the recovery that so many of us have had here today. Um, so as I said, I'm Tanya G, um, gratefully recovered, um, compulsive overeater. And I don't want to say that lightly or think that I have, um, something because I know that in the past I've thought that, um, this is kind of a unique, um, something just came to me when I was thinking about a story and, um, I've been in OA for a long time. And um, even though I like to think myself as think of myself as 25 <laughs> forever, but I came in when I was 19. So I loved going to the young person's retreat this year too. And, um, and I think that's very important to know that it can happen. And, um, and so one of the things that I remember them talking about years ago was um, the slogans or if you will, surrender to win. There's other ones, part of that. And this was actually, I looked it up, was in the second edition um, of our big book. And um, it was called The Professor and the Paradoxes. And so I thought I'd just refer to that because as I was scrolling on my big book app, I saw this and I'm like, I don't see this one in our fourth edition, you know? So um, what it talks about is in the professor and the paradox, which the professor is um, Joe, I mean, John P. And he is actually from Alabama, believe it or not. But um, he talks about, he says, we AA surrender to win. We give it away to keep. We suffer to get well and we die to live. Um, but I love that surrender to win because for me, it was all about control. All, I mean, even in OA, I tried to control it all my life. Um, my mother said when I was born, I don't know if this is really true, because obviously I didn't know I was a baby, that I was starving. So I was so hungry that I had sucked a blister on my hand. I don't know if that's true or not, but I will tell you that as a child, <clears throat> excuse me, I had, I was in the chubby uniforms. I hated that word chubby. Um, I started dieting when I was 12. If I thought my daughter was dieting at 12, I'd probably wring her neck, but, <laughs> but that's what I did. I was obsessed with food. I mean, with dieting. Um, and I started using dieting pills and trying to starve myself. And, um, and it makes me very sad because when I think of a 12 year old, I don't think of that. I think of, you know, that is a very adult thing to do uh, for some reason, I'm looking back on it. And um, I was, you know, obsessing um, or exercising obsess obsessively, you know, I was supposed to be in bed at nine, you know, at nine o'clock. So in the dark, I was doing sit-ups just to kind of give you a history. I was riding my bike, you know, to the store to get diet pills, things of that nature. I was always on a diet. 
Um, I'm about the, the same height um, that I was in junior high. So I haven't grown, I haven't um, gotten any taller, but believe it or not, with abstinence, um, entire abstinence, I'm about the weight that I was trying to starve myself to be. And that's a miracle because I eat all this healthy food and it's abstinent. And I, you know, and so it just kind of shows you what surrendering can do instead of trying to control it. Um, controlling never worked for me. I tried it for so many years, even in OA. I was, as we, I've heard on these phone, call, phone vision, you know, meetings that I was dieting with group support. I didn't know I was doing that. I don't ever remember when I was first in OA, we didn't even have any OA literature. And all we did have was the, um, was the OA big book. I mean, the AA big book and I had the third edition. And, um, and so I don't ever remember them reading the doctor's opinion. Um, I did work the steps, but it was nothing about entire abstinence. Um, meaning that I still use sweeteners and all of that. So I had abstinence back then as I knew it, right until um, it just got really progressively worse. Fast forward, as again, as I was stating, um, I was always on a diet, um, but I was constantly gaining weight. I could gain weight like, you know, 30 pounds in a month. So every season, it seemed like I always had a new set of clothes and it was not fun because I hated myself and I would binge starting in the morning. I would exercise and do this, you know, workout and then I would go and binge you know, and it was just, it was miserable. It was basically torture, um, binge and go jogging. I mean, it makes no sense, but to a compulsive overeater, I think y'all would know, you know, um, you know, eating in my car, driving around in the dark, thinking no one ever saw me. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's insanity, you know, um, fast forward to, about 2017, 2018, someone came to, you know, to our local meeting and said, I heard about these phone meetings. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And uh, I got onto these phone meetings and these people were on fire. And I was like, wow, they are really taking this thing seriously, you know, and nothing against my local group, but it just, I was just too much self-will, one riot and self-reliance and trying to control it again. I was eating all these certain things, you know, it was almost like a, I mean, really like a diet and just trying to control it. And it was always felt like white knuckling it. It was the most miserable thing. And I was never content. I was mad at the world and I was never content, you know, um, even if I thought I got what I wanted, you know, whether that was a boy or the date or the whatever. And, um, and so um, so fast forward to 2019, um, I had a sponsor, um, and I think I was so scared to do another, you know, fourth and fifth step that I benched. Um, but I got very suicidal and, um, and I had never done this before, but I started looking for guns. And so I called a couple people and I called my sponsor. She got me a hold of somebody in um, these phone meetings. And I got, I went to a, a, a weekend retreat and, um, and actually, you know, I was just talking to my sponsor before this meeting and she talked about the levels of surrender. And I feel like that that's the way my life has been levels of surrender recently, you know, because 
I literally would choose packs of sugar-free gum. I talked about it with just about everybody on these phone meetings and because they were like my cigarettes. I'm not joking. (laughs) They were like my cigarettes. I would run to the store if I was at work and I always had to have gum in my mouth, sugar-free gum, because I thought that was going to help me not from binging until I was binging on four and five packs a night, you know? And, um, and so when I got to that retreat, they said, do you have anything that you need to get rid of, you know, like food or what, you know, just like normal, like if you were, and um, I said, I got this sugar-free gum. Cause I knew I had to be honest with myself. So, and then um, I get on the call, I'm, you know, I'm doing all these calls that my sponsor had me do. And I go and I missed the call by um, one to two minutes late. And the lady says to me, what did you put in your coffee? Cause I told her I was getting a cup of coffee and I told her and she said, well, you know, sweet and low that's sugar. And I started crying y'all. I was like, what? Oh my God. Well, if I started crying over sweet and low, I think I need to give it up, you know? And so that was another level. Well, she actually apologized. I called to thank her because she did me a favor. I tell people that all the time. She actually called and left me a message and said, I'm so sorry. That was none of my business. I'm like, no, thank you. Because if she would have never said that, I would have never given it up. I don't own one sweetener, another miracle, you know, another level of surrender. Right. So, um, and, um, and then, so I had, um, struggled, 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 even when I went to after this retreat, because, you know, going to a retreat or a treatment center, it's not the end all be all. But it was, again, another level of surrender. And then um, I had a few months of abstinence. And uh, as I knew it, and then there was a gal that I called. And long story short, we got together, started working the steps, you know, listen to the podcast. And looking back on it, I was still And um, I had eight, you know, I'll say I, you know, it was 18 months of um, abstinence as I knew it, but I realized looking back on it, it was just, it it really was still control. I think self-reliance, you know, trying to be in control. I didn't feel white knuckling it, but I knew I had to have these certain food groups, you know, and, um, or certain things, concoctions as my new sponsor tells me, you know, and she asked me, um, going back and, and I'll just say this, this as a cautionary tale, you know, I was in 10, 11 and 12 and I was doing 10 steps, but I just felt like this one was rote. I probably need to do a four step on it. And I gave, I threw it all away for, um, I'm not saying this is a circumstance because I realize now that there's, you know, there's no reason as my sponsor has told me over and over, there are no circumstances or reasons why we eat. It's just that I'm a compulsive overeater and I do truly believe that now, but, um, but I did, I could not let go of this resentment as many 10 steps that I did on it. And I may, you know, chose instead of God at praying and asking God to eat. And do you know that, that man, um, that my coworker, um, quit on that Monday after that Saturday, and I could have just wanted to strangle him, you know? And it wasn't his fault, obviously, because I'm a compulsive overeater through and through. And I will get to the, the, you know, the win. But um, I always thought growing up that I had to be in control, right? 
because I thought if I just controlled the outside, if I could just put on the makeup and the hair and, you know, be the dancer and be the bit this, then everyone, because I always, you know, all my friends were like the beauty, beauty queens. And I felt always felt like the ugly duckling, you know? And, um, and so, um, you know, and so I just thought that if I just looked good on the outside, then, then all this stuff that I had going on, which was basically what he talks about, it's going to make me start crying, but, um, was the fear and anxiety that I lived with my entire life. My dad took his life when I was um, eight years old, and I'm not saying that for pity or it's just a fact, but I lived in self-pity and anxiety and fear for the rest of my life. And I'm so grateful when God will take this fear and anxiety. I think it's going to be another level of surrender, <laughs> but I did not know that I lived in self-pity. And, and yes, there is grief. That is understandable. Okay. But I go to this retreat and this facilitator that was getting me there, right? I'm talking to her every day. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And she said, yeah, self-pity. And I was like, if anyone else ever said that to me, I would have probably strangled them. But I didn't, I was like, really? I've been in self-pity. Like I couldn't see it, you know, because that's all I knew. And, and that's why I ate, you know, because I didn't see anything positive. And I was like, well, I got the wrong end of the deal. So God, you can, whoever you are, you can just stay over there. Basically, I was just flipping them off, you know, um, my entire life until, you know, just like everyone else, until I am slap dad, you know, where last, you know, September, 10 days later, I cannot stop eating. It's the loneliest. I'm thinking by those 10 days, I'm thinking about taking my life again and there's been so many times that I thought that. So going to surrendering. And I just called this gal that um, I heard. And looking back at my our te my text messages, I was like, oh, we've re done re outreach and all that. And I heard her share, you know, that she was an available sponsor. And I just called her and I was like, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Because I could not. By that 10 days, each leg, and I know it's not just about the weight, but it is. And in, in the beginning, each side, each leg was double the size. I had consumed so much food and it really scared me because again, by that time, just in 10 days, I could not get to work or even in the bathtub to go to work without going down the street to the crack house or some other store to get some food, to get donuts basically. And, um, and today I don't have to do that. Um, you know, and so going back to surrendering to win. So what is winning? Winning, I always thought was being first, was being the beauty pageant queen, was being this, was being that. But y'all are teaching me that winning is freedom. How free do you want to be? And that's what my, my sponsor keeps, you know, or has said to me many times. And y'all keep saying to me, how free do you want to be? To me, that's winning, you know, and, um, and today I don't have to white knuckle it. I don't have to. So, you know, there have been so many times it's not perfect by any means, but I remember there have been so many times that I've just like, okay, God, I just surrender. <laughs> and guess what? That's usually been on a Friday and I'm so exhausted by that time. I just give it up. And it's usually about work stuff. And then guess what? It always works out. Well, I got, I called the other day, my sponsor and I did an outreach and we actually 
traded 10 steps. And then she tells me every time I do a 10 step, it always works out. I was like, really? And then I start looking back on my, you know, on my stories and I'm like, wow. Well, I don't know if this situation is going to work out, but I don't care anymore because <laughs> I've done so many 10 steps on this man recently that it doesn't matter, you know, but the freedom that I get from surrendering, because then I don't have to figure it out. And then I don't have to, because I just screw myself over in the mind. And it truly is an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And um, anyway, um, I just want to share to anyone that is new that people. That's a time reminder, Tanya. Okay. Thank you. That people can recover and with be with entire abstinence and can have you know, and can win. Um, one of the things I always thought too was, you know, I always, I felt like girls were competition. Y'all are my sisters. You know, that's the only way that I can do this today is recovery sisters. And I couldn't do it without y'all. And of course, brothers too, but, um, you know, fellows in the program. And um, I am just forever grateful for everyone um, for this meeting too. I have been to it many times, even though I might have not had my picture on. But I am so grateful for y'all doing this because I've listened to so many of the podcasts and they are so powerful. And so um, anyway, for anyone that's new or that has been struggling, do not ever give up because <laughs> I've been around. And it also made me feel better when I would come to these meetings, especially the phone ones. And they say, I've been here for 20 years. I've been here for 30 years. I've been here for 40 years. And they only had a couple years of abstinence or longer, but it just made me feel so much better, you know? And so then real quickly, I'll say the other four, the other three paradoxes that they talk about in this story, the professor and the paradoxes is that you have to um, give it away to keep it. And, um, and as y'all know, we know what that is. Step 12. Um, and then one of the things I always wanted to say is that, you know, I don't believe in hell because I've had hell on earth, which is compulsively overeating. And, and by continuing to stay in 10, 11, 12, my sponsor assured me the other day that the more 10 steps she did, the more relief she got. And so anyway, um, I know my time is almost up and, um, I just encourage you and anything, um, you know, if you have any questions or, you know, just don't leave until the miracles happen. Cause I never believed in miracles until I came to this program and y'all are the miracles. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Tanya, for that wonderful share. Oops. All right. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in the order that they appear and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Oh, Steph K. Hi, everyone. I'm Steph K. I'm a compulsive overeater. It's good to see everyone. Tanya, that was so beautiful. I mean, I just like, I don't know. I just, I feel my heart open right now. And I think it's really because 
I relate so much with a lot of what you said. And um, I just feel like you spoke it all so beautifully and authentically, and I'm really grateful. Um, something that you talked about, the self-pity, I, I totally relate to that. And I've, I found it so difficult to discern between, I, I don't know, because I feel like there's a discernment to make between like, well, I don't want to push away my feelings because my feelings are valid, but I also don't want to like drown in them. But it's true. Like I look at myself, especially after you said that, and I'm like, that is told, that was like an identity that I wore in my life. Like self-pity was my identity. And like the, what you said about just like, you know, giving a middle finger to the world, like, and to higher power, like that was definitely you know, that's definitely an identity in me. And I just, I just have a question of once you became aware of that, when um, that person said that to you, like, what was, what has your journey been like with that? If you feel like you could speak to that. Yes. Thank you, Steph. And thank you for sharing a great question. I feel like that this time my sponsor has talked about her surrender and, um, and that, what has really helped me is making those amends. Um, you know, two of the people that I never made amends to in all the times that I've worked the steps was a friend of mine, which, you know, has been in the last, um, I guess, 15 years. And then the other one, the big one was to my dad. And I had never, I can't tell you the last time I went to his grave because I was so angry at him. I don't even know that I knew that I was angry at him because it was just like, like you said, I loved how you described it. It was like a part of me, you know, and, um, and I didn't know. Um, but when I, I couldn't find his grave. And so that was like, so frustrating to me, but I just stood in the street, you know, of course, in front of all these graves. And I just, you know, I had all these, you know, of course I'd written a letter and went over it with my sponsor and um, it was so freeing. I just looked to the sky because the sunlight of the spirit, which they literally talk about in the big book, and the sun really represents like a higher power to me. And um, because it just feels like I can be base, you know, I can base in it and um, and just warm me up. And I just I just did the amends letter to um, and I felt so free. And I know that that had to help. Um because now today I drive by that cemetery every single day. And there are days that I say hello to my dad and I never, I mean, I wasn't going to, there was no way I was going to that gravesite, you know, and there are times that I want to, since then that I actually want to go, you know? So to me, that's, that can nothing be, but higher power and a result of working the steps, you know, and that to me is really true freedom and how they talk about if we don't make all the amends, like, I didn't even know that was an amends I need to make, you know? And so now it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know if that helps, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, next we have Sherry M. Hi, I'm Sherry, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. What a blessing that you have bestowed upon me tonight to hear you share. Um, you are such a beautiful woman, and I just adore you so much. And, you know, you're a prime example of God. Uh, when we do the work, the transformations happen. 
and uh, and I just oh, my heart is full listening to you is amazing, amazing. And I love what you read, and I love uh, the part. I love the two paradoxes that you specifically spoke about, and I like the last one. Really resonates with me more today, and it says that we have to die to live. And I was a walking dead on this planet. And I am one that was in program for, what, 17 years? And I have two years. So I am one of those. And it's because I didn't know what I didn't know until I knew what I knew. And I don't know if I could have seen it any other minute sooner. But now I have, I have the solution. And now I can never go back. I can never go back because the light has been shone on what it takes to be recovered. Entire abstinence plus Plus what it says in that paradox, killing off Sherry. I, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but it's also in the 11th step prayer at the end. It says, and you know, when I was doing a Herb K workshop, he talked about this. It says that we die to awaken to eternal life. But that he always says, it's not when you're dead. This is death on earth. This is the death of self. The person who's going to continually kill herself with food, who also wants to plan her suicide. And by the way, who also has all the same feelings as you growing up, always feeling like you couldn't compare to anybody and just the worst person in the, in the room. So, you know, all of that is part of my disease and my, my um, ism. And, and that all needs to go bye-bye so that I can have the life that God has been waiting for me to have and has built it. We each have a different role to play in life. Everybody's unique. And it's already planned. And if I can just get out of the way, then I can reap the benefits of what God has, God has given this to me. And that's been my experience here. It's the opposite. Everything is the opposite in the spiritual world. And it all starts with saying, take it all and whatever you want, whatever the news is today, I say, thank you. Bad news, good news. I don't judge it anymore. Just thank you. Thank you. And what can I learn from this? And how can I grow through this? And who do you want me to be? Mm. That's what I want to be. Because that's what is going to make me live. Otherwise, I'm dying a slow death. And so thank you so much for sharing something that I didn't know about in the second edition. It's mm. Beautiful way to set our meeting. And thank you also for all of the service you do in all these meetings in Overeaters Anonymous. I admire you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, next we have Leslie Kay. Hi, my name is Leslie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Tanya, thank you so much. I I was like, you know, raising my thumbs because you, you were sharing things that I needed to be reminded of. And one thing I wanted to um, say that really resonated with me was the, um, I, when I was chewing gum compulsively, and I gave that up many years ago now, but I did the same thing. I, I would chew packs and packs of it. And um, when I was a kid, especially. And as an adult, I thought I was managing my rage and my fear and my anger, um, because I, I, an oral fixation, you know, food, I get to stuff my feelings, but the chewing of the gum in between meals all the time, 24 seven, um, 
did you have any connection? Did it, did you make the connection between um, the constant oral fixation being uh, a management of rage or fear or anger? Because I believe listening to you, it's the first time I've made the connection hmm. that I was managing those huge emotions by constantly chewing. And one of the things that I, I feel when I'm anxious is I wish I had something in my mouth to chew. Hmm. I, I'd just love to hear uh, if you have any thoughts about um, chewing being related to anger. And it isn't necessarily gum, but just chewing at all. Does it relieve anger for you in the way that I believe it may have relieved anger for me? Thank you so much for your share. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for bringing that up. I never connected that. But, you know, I do believe it would be because I didn't share this, but I chewed my, I bit my fingernails until they bled my entire life. It was like I was always, like you said, stuffing, trying to, it was an oral fixation. I didn't know what else to do because I didn't know what to do. I guess it it really was because I remember when I long years ago, I remember when I first, you know, got abstinent years and years ago, I had all this rage, this anger, you know, and I think that's why I can relate, even though it's always fear underneath. That's why I always go to the resentment immediately, because I didn't know what to do with my feelings, you know, um, and I, and I was angry with the world, you know, and today I, I don't, feel that. I mean, yes, things don't go my way. And that's why I have 10 steps and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do. I do feel like that it was like that. And I, I have many times when I've gotten in the shower, just cried because it was like, why am I stuffing my voice, you know, with the food, you know, and even when, and I look back on it now, and it wasn't that many, you know, that long ago that I was going to sleep with gum in my mouth. That's insanity. First of all, not only can I get it in my hair, but I could choke, you know, I mean, you know, but that's what I thought, you know, what going to help me, you know, so, but yeah, but thank you for con that connection. So, yeah, that's how we do this together. <laughs> Next, we have Johnny G. Hi, everyone. My name is Johnny. I'm a compulsive eater. And uh, Tanya, I appreciate your service uh, as a fellow Louisianian. It's nice to uh, nice to connect there. And um, you know, I, I I love the paradox of surrender. It feels really um, if it, it it you know the idea of no longer having to fight anyone or anything like the ten step promises say has revolutionized my life. You know, it's like, I don't need to convince someone that their political views are wrong. I don't need to convince someone that um, I'm the smartest person. I don't need to convince, I, I don't need to do that, right? Anytime I show up looking to win, that's me not surrendering. That's me exerting power influence manipulation over the people around me and the big book is super clear about that right the director tries to make things better if only people would listen to me things would be better and what happens is people don't like it and uh and it creates pain for me 
it only hurts me. So, you know, the, the analogy I like to use is if you're in an airplane and, you know, a pilot doesn't try to fly through the storm to show what a good pilot he is. A pilot flies over the storm because it's not necessary to win. It's not necessary to be good enough or smart enough or skilled enough. Like you can just skip the problem. And like, to me, like that is revolutionary. It's revolutionary. It changes the way I see the world. It changes the way I see people who used to upset me or hurt me or trigger me. It changes how I see everything. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end just by saying that I'm very glad to, uh, to have four weeks of abstinence today. It's a big streak for me. I've been in a, in, in a, in a period of relapse for about six years and, um, uh, and over those, over those years, you know, um, I've only hit four weeks, a handful of times, um, you know, but I've, I've never stopped coming and it's been frustrating, uh, but it feels, it feels good, right? It feels, it feels effortless this time. And I'm so glad for that. It just feels, um, it feels easy and it feels right. And so uh, I'm glad to be here uh, in this meeting and hearing all of the service and with that, I'll pass. I will now ask the Zoom host to stop the recording. <laughs>